Hello, I am Crystal here with KZMU in Moab, Utah, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Jeremy Garrett, and hello. <laughs> oh, how's it going? It's good. I should stop speaking as I introduce you. I'm pretty excited to have you here today because for people that don't know who you are, you've been with the infamous String Dusters for a while, since 2007, if I'm correct. But now I'm very thankful that you've come across my radar as a solo artist because I've been listening to the group stuff for quite a while. But I picked up River Wild and it's amazing. So we're here, number one, because you have this new album coming out. But number two, because you will be in Moab, Utah as part of our free summer concert series. And that's happening on June 21st so or June 24th, sorry. So yeah. that's exciting. So let's start with you. From the beginning, how did you get your start in music? What made you think, I'm going to do this. This is my life. I want to make a career out of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a lot to unpack there. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's music is something I've always done. I started playing fiddle when I was three. And uh, my dad's a bluegrass musician. So I was heavily influenced in the traditional bluegrass and gospel world music. And, uh, you know, just kind of as any kid would dabbled in it pretty much all throughout, you know, school into my teens. But I was pretty good at it. Like I, I devoted a pretty fair amount of time to practicing. Then I went to college for music. And, you know, then the rest is pretty much history. I moved to Nashville and lived in Nashville for about 13 years and uh, kind of played with all kinds of people as a sideman for the first few years. And that's when I met everyone uh, that we put the dusters together with mm -hmm. about a few years into that stint. And uh, yeah, so, you know, dusters have been rolling hard for a long time. And, uh, you know, but since I played so long, you know, I have all this other facet of music that I'm not necessarily able to bring into the dusters, you know, it won't necessarily fit, you know, musically speaking. Right. And but I have necessarily, you know, at the same time, I've still worked on those crafts my whole life, like guitar playing and mandolin playing. So I do some of that in my solo, like looping show. But this was like an effort to really kind of go back to my roots of bluegrass and, and kind of, you know, write a record that was based around that kind of vibe. And then, you know, including an ensemble of some of my favorite musicians and some of the best pickers out there to help me make it so that was really fun you know to kind of go back and do something that was I don't know I guess some people would consider that old school now but you know it's it's bluegrass that's the way to do it you know right no absolutely and I think it's cool that I mean I don't know how you have the time for all of it because <laughs> between the dusters and then the solo project I'm sure you stay really really busy um but back to the River Wild, it is out. You can get that album as, as a fan, as a listener, someone who's listening to this interview, it is available. I highly recommend it. Um, I have notes over here, but my favorite tracks on the album are I Am the River Wild and Time to Get Into the Change. What are, nice. what would you say some of your favorite tracks are? Do you have well, favorites? Yeah, I don't really play favorites when it comes to songs, although there are a few for sure that stick out to me as being more my, I don't know, banger tracks, if you will, you know, that I know in, in my heart, I feel like the soul of the song really came out, you know. Um, River Wild is, is one of those for sure, you know, I just, I, I, I feel really good about the arrangement and how the vibe of the song went down. Um, you know, I have this killer ensemble with this guy named Seth Taylor who plays guitar and Barry Bales who plays with Alice Krauss in Union Station, uh, mm -hmm. played bass on that song. 
And uh, Alan Bybee is this incredible mandolin player. And then uh, I emailed out that track uh, to uh, this guy named Russ Carson, who plays banjo with Ricky Skaggs, actually. <laughs> and he's one of the best, like, claw hammer style guys around and that's the vibe i wanted for that song that's the only song that has claw hammer on it but he just nailed it so beautifully and and so it was you know a building process to kind of make this record it was like a you know an art building project more than just like (laughs) down like an old school bluegrass record and doing it in like a few days like i have done many times Mm -hmm. this was this took a little more time but I think it really, you know, came out well because of that, you know. And then another uh, song that I really dig on the record um, and I hope people can get into is In the Blink of an Eye. It's, it's kind of my probably my favorite track on the record. You know, it's super vibey and uh, Seth does some incredible guitar work on there. And then, then there's a huge fiddle jam at the end. So who doesn't like that? Everyone loves that. <laughs> it's so amazing. Well, this may be kind of a... It's a question I have. Maybe it's kind of a ridiculous question because you've just been in the music for so long. But looking back on it, I know you said you started at age three, so you probably didn't have a lot of like outside music influences other than maybe family. But as you started getting growing older and getting into it, who are some of the music influences, some of the artists that influenced you with your sound maybe or just to to get out and do this? Well, you know, I always had really supportive parents when it came to music. Uh, and my mom had a like pretty deep music catalog that she liked to listen to. You know, at the time we were listening to actual records. That's dating yeah. me pretty good. But, uh, you know, and that's how I learned fiddle. I, I would listen to old bluegrass records and move the needle to hear the guys play the solo and, and learn by ear those solos off those records. Alongside of those, my mom had a big stash of Michael Jackson and this soul singer named Terrence Trent Darby. And uh, so there was this other like influence kind of along the whole way, you know, that, that I really dug that my mom was into. And then, uh, and then of course, you know, in my teenage years, U2 hit me really strong. I love that band. I still do. They're, they're absolutely incredible. I think they're the best band ever. <laughs> and, you know, Guns N' Roses, you can't deny that appetite for destruction when that came out so i feel like i let all of these things just be what they were you know as we all do kind of you know kids these days have the internet at their fingertips they can get anything at any time then it was a time where you just had to take what came you know and Mm -hmm. so and i just let that really soak in and just be a part of who i was yeah it's um it's funny you say that because my kiddos are 22 and I remember growing up and they they both love music just as much as I do. I remember growing up, you know, and you had your Rolling Stone or your Spin magazine or, you know, like whatever it was. There was that metal magazine, too. Um, and it had the release dates. You didn't know what that that album sounded like, you know, unless yeah. you heard a single. And so you would go to the, the CD store, the record store, and hope that there was a, a copy there by the time you got there. And then I will never forget taking the little leaflet out and going through, and for me, it started with cassettes, but then went on to CDs. But kids don't understand that. They don't They don't get that. And it's like yeah. frustrating. <laughs> well, it, you know, it was definitely a different age of discovery. I feel like music meant a lot more in some ways. It's a little cheaper now, like... 
And by cheap, I mean kind of like in the, not the monetary sense, you know, it kind of does cheapen the experience. You know, I remember when I was, when I was, you know, just first got my driver's license, I used to drive to the nearest city from where I lived to go listen to music. But the, they had this place called the Listening Center, and that's the only way you could preview mis- music. You could go sit with a pair of headphones, and they had all these CDs, and you could scan them in, and it would, you know, play this, a little snippet of the CD. So I discovered a lot of new music that way, you know, at that time. That was way before all this Spotify and mm-hmm. <laughs> you everything. <clears throat> Excuse right. me. But it's a very, you know, it's a powerful tool. And, and even now, myself, you know, I really use all the tools at hand for sure it's not like i've stopped learning so it's an easier process now than it ever has been but it it is like a different experience for sure you know i used to i remember when i was growing up i would literally spend 75 or 100 dollars a month on music and now it's you know it's so inexpensive it's everywhere for free basically i know I worked for band t-shirts and CDs for sure for a long time. But. Well, yeah. awesome. Um, where can anybody potentially listening to this interview, where can they find your music? Where can they find more information about you? Well, you know, uh, anywhere on the socials you go, you can <laughs> find me on you know, Instagram and uh, Facebook, you know, all of those kind of things. I have a couple websites. One is garrettgrass.com, which was my first brand and my first website. And I have everything on there. And, awesome. and this other brand that I started called Fiddle Science and it's fiddlescience.com. It's, it's basically a mirror image of the two sites together for now, but it's, it leans more towards my looping and gear oriented right. type music. And uh, but you can go on Spotify, you know, wherever you dig music, Apple music, wherever you like to listen, go, go check it out. Um, I've started an old school mailing list. You can go into my website off of there and or send me a private message on any of the socials and just give me your email address. That's all I need. And I'll add you to a mailing list. And it's old school and I don't bug people too much. But a lot of people want to know where I play. And and I do tour a lot solo in between the dusters and stuff. So some people want to know the word on that. And I'm happy to share, of course, all the, the dates that I'm playing and any new music coming out. Awesome. Cool. Well, again, um, everybody listening to this, when it airs, you will be in Moab at the free concert series on June 24th. And the time for that event is six to nine. And I know there'll be an opening band before you, but I'm not sure that that's been released yet. So I look forward to meeting you. I'll be there in the KZMU tents. It's always a good time. And just thank you for coming to town and for doing the event, because it, it means a lot to our little town to have people come in. And, and do that for us for sure well, you know, a lot to me as an artist too to, to get a shot to bring my my original thing to the stage you know and right. and moab especially i've been there many times and have hiked all around the place and stayed in the town it's so gorgeous and uh you know the the, the pickers that i'm gonna have with me is it's kind of a dream come true for a bluegrass guy like me to have these guys along so i feel like the music is going to be just really top notch and a lot of fun and you're going to see some really great precision picking hopefully and uh, you know have a lot of fun well again everybody that is just tuning into the interview i am with jeremy garrett and he will be here june 24th